They've watched Citizen Kane a combined 200 times. Elliot's first words were, I personally thought the use of Dutch angles was derivative in the 400 blows. And Nathan's favorite historical figure is Fritz Lang. Now they're bringing that snootiness to you with Magellan's at the Movies. So we're um, a bit delayed in getting this one out because finals got in the way of our usual timing. I also think that us constantly addressing the audience so directly like this is just going to age our episodes. Because if you go back and listen to them, every time we say, oh, we're sorry for getting this one out late, they don't care once it's out. Okay. This is this is also the first time we're or the second time I guess that we're recording in the same location. So Elliot has to uncomfortably make eye contact with me uh, throughout the duration of this episode. <laughs> yep, Nathan. You well, the, it's good because we don't have uh, the weird delay where sometimes we're sort of like, oh, "Are you going to talk now? Can I keep on talking?" Now we can just interrupt each other a little more naturally. But, yeah. This is kind of weird, though. I feel like I'm used to having the computer between us. The computer is between us. The computer screen between us. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're, on the, we're on the same grounds. We're here in lovely my room. I've got... I don't think you can hear it. But I've got a little ornament that I'm playing with that Nathan's really worried about making background noise. I'm sh I'm shaking it violently. Maybe you can hear it. You can definitely. That's definitely going to be picked up, Elliot. Great. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. But it's not going to be a regular thing, us recording together. No. And if it is, we're going to get a mic so we can do it with a mic in between us. All right. Well. Uh, Let's dive into it. Let's get into it. This week we're doing... <laughs> this week we're doing All Quiet on the Western Front. 2022. Yep, the modern modern German, or I think it's Dutch. It's German. I, I know it's a German movie, but I think the Dutch, it was made by Dutch people. Well, the director, at least, I know is German-born. Oh. Well, I just, in the Golden Globes, it was submitted under... Best foreign film, and it had Denmark under for the country. Has Germany taken over Denmark, and we just didn't notice? Maybe that would be bad. That would be bad. That has some historical precedent. That's, um, you know, that has poor implications. <laughs> yeah. Any, regardlessly, ignoring all that, we're doing all quiet on the Western Front, which is a modern foreign remake of. The classic 19... It's, it's not a remake. It's an adaptation of the book. Yes. It's not remaking the movie. Yeah. It's another adaptation of the book that was originally made in the classic 19... I want to say 29, 30? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there. there. American film. One best picture. 
I guess just to start this, Elliot, we've both seen the original, and then Elliot has read the book. So we're bringing a bit of prior knowledge to uh, this film, which if you don't want any spoilers, it's on Netflix. So if you want to watch it before listening to the rest of the episode, feel free to do that because we're going to get into spoilers, I'm sure, in discussing this. But yeah, so Elliot, you watched this a while ago when it first came out on Netflix. I watched it just recently. So let's let's start with you. What what did you think? What did it, give us your opening thoughts? Well, just for context, I have read the book. Uh, and yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that I really like the book. I think it's really impactful. It's very poignant. It was an absolute phenomenon when it came out. It came out, like, I think 10 years after the end of the First World War. So it was really more about a retrospective of the war than it was uh, actively trying to sort it out while it was happening. But it totally exploded. It's one of the most well-known anti-war novels probably ever. And I think it, it does its job very well. And I think that the original movie does a fantastic job of capturing its themes and its essence. Uh, obviously, because of technology, it's not quite as, what, spectacular as it can be nowadays. But there are still some pretty shocking moments. There's a shot of a guy running at some barbed wire, and then he blows up and his arms are left hanging on the wire, it's, uh, I think we both <laughs> reacted to that when we watched it. So I give you this context to say that I don't think that this adaptation does nearly as good a job of capturing the essence of the book and the things that it does instead, you know, the places where it goes its own way, I don't think serve the story very well. I think that this movie is more affected by which i mean it's more try hard like uh it's more contrived than the book and the original movie and yeah i think that the the music is really distractingly weird That's, oh my gosh the, like it's so it's such a weird synth line that feels like it belongs in Blade Runner or something. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> the same. I don't know why we have a podcast when we just have the same opinions. Well, we don't. <laughs> I know, but a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that it looks fantastic. Uh, the cinematography, the lighting was really good, very naturalistic. There are some battle sequences that I think are fantastic. The second to last one. Uh, the one with the flamethrowers and the tanks, that was great, especially when they retreat back to their trench and then the camera doesn't cut for a while and it just looks up at the tank driving over the trench. I was legitimately like, that's actually terrifying. And it's, it, I'm a cynical, jaded kind of person. So it takes a lot for me to see something in a movie and be like, that's actually kind of scary. <laughs> uh, even though, you know, I don't like, horror movies it's weird we don't need to get into it that's that's ba there's a lot of really good stuff technically so i think this is actually might be one of the few movies that we've reviewed where i think that the formal elements are actually 
Oh, wait, no. This is actually probably a trend. No, that the formal yeah, elements are, are really strong, but the thematic elements, I think, are very much lacking. Yeah, and I guess I kind of spoiled it by saying we're the same person, but I felt very similar to you. I And I think it's hard because, uh, like you said, we've seen the original movie, and I really enjoyed the original quite a bit, and it's something that, as I've gotten further away from seeing it, we watched it, like, last year sometime. I've been more and more enamored with what it did and what it was. And so I think like any time that you're watching a remake or a movie that's adapting the same material, any change, I think the knee jerk reaction is to be like, oh, that sucks. That's so bad. And so I think I'm kind of having a hard time in some ways separating myself from that and being like, okay, well, let's really critically see what this movie is trying to do and ignore the fact that it's changing things. But I, I think despite that, my attempts to do that, I still think I agree with you that the movie makes a lot of changes to the story and none of those changes, I think, result in a better movie. And the other movie is already very good. So you just end up losing a lot of the quality that was there in the other one. I agree with you on all the technical things and yeah, the music, the synth line is so weird and it just doesn't like the music before that is like almost like a horror movie or a very somber sort of thing. And then, yeah, the synth line just comes out of nowhere and does nothing for me in any meaningful way. But let's, uh, let's maybe talk since we both brought up the changes. I think the biggest change is the movie at least in my mind, is significantly less concerned with Paul. That Paul is the main character and the film follows him kind of being convinced to join the army and then his experience just slowly being crushed by the gears of war, so to speak, in the army. And I think this movie is significantly less concerned with Paul than the original film was and you could speak to whether the original book, but from my understanding, the book was written by a guy based on his experience. So I think <laughs> Paul is somewhat of a stand-in for the guy, I guess. There, There is some controversy about the veracity of his claims oh. to um, being a soldier. He was a soldier, but it's unclear whether or not he was actually on the front lines. And I think that somebody he was in a hospital with claimed that he stole significant portions of the story from him so it's it's a bit murky okay but anyway so just the original movie is very much about paul i think is a very personal story to how paul slowly becomes less and less enamored with this thing that he was convinced to do whereas this movie i think is very much about the german war machine so to speak and the rich the fat cats at the top who dictated the war ignoring the casualties and the costs of the war that a lot of the material that's new compared to the old movie is the stuff with daniel Bruhl, who's trying to argue for armistice or work out an armistice and then the stuff with the general guy who's in the mansion or but I, I think 
it results in a worse story because like you kind of said, it's more, I think one of the words I would use is cloying, that it's trying to earn, it's trying to get emotion from the viewer in a way that's more manipulative than genuinely earning emotion. Well, it's also more impersonal, right? Because it's dealing with stakes and concepts that are much more, not grand is probably the wrong word, but are much more broad. Its scope is more elevated, by which I mean it's on like the level of geopolitics, which the original book and movie are very much not about. They're about like the individual experience of boots on the ground soldiers. And I think that you're definitely right that Paul kind of is in the background of this movie in so far as he's really just kind of like a viewfinder for the audience that he's just there. Uh, he's sort of like, <laughs> this is a stupid metaphor, but he's sort of like Emmanuel Kant's uh, conception oh of the gosh. self as an organizing principle that you just need something to to build stuff around. And so Paul is sort of like that, that he's just there to have a reason to move from scene to scene rather than being developed as a character in and of himself or in himself. And I think that the perfect example of that is what you were talking about with, they take out, I think the absolute biggest mistake that this, that this movie makes is that it takes out the section where Paul goes back home. Um, because I think that that's, that's like the heart of the original story is about how when he goes back, he really realizes just how alienated he's become from a normal life, that he finds it impossible to relate to his mother. He finds it impossible to receive her affection or anything. He can't talk to his father because his father is very much bought into the nationalist propaganda about the war. And the book and the movie, the original movie, are both a lot about nationalism. Uh, and this movie kind of is, but it's it's more muddled because I don't, th I think that him going home is the perfect example or the perfect opportunity for the movie, for the story to set up a dichotomy between what he experiences in war and in peace without actually having to give you the peace time. But he's just so much more comfortable on the front lines because he's been he's been hollowed out and he he's been broken in a very deep, irreparable way. It's so much more emotionally affecting than what happens in the movie where it's much harder to, I don't know, it's it's harder to get a sense of who he is as a person in the beginning. So it's harder to feel that sense of loss when he loses himself because you're not 100% sure what exactly it is that he lost in the first place. Well, and I think, I, I don't want us to get dragged down into just constantly comparing this to the original and saying, oh, this is some worse thing. But I do, I think it's hard to, it's hard for me at least to come at this movie in any other way, just because I like the original so much. And I do think a lot of it, a lot of the changes are to the detriment of this film. I guess I would say, 
just as maybe one last thing before we could maybe move on to talk to about performances or something else. I think the opening of this movie really shows the differences between this and the original. And I think it's a good opening that had me until the first synth line played. And then mm -hmm. I was like, what in the world? Because instead of opening with Paul, it opens with a battle sequence. And then it follows the people who die in that battle sequence. Basic, it follows their clothes up until the point that I think the implication is Paul and the people who are recruited with Paul get the clothes of these people who've died. And so it becomes, like you said, not grander stakes, but it's about the system as opposed to being about Paul. And so I think that would work. But my issue is the movie still tries to have some stuff about Paul. That the movie still has scenes with Paul and his compatriots where they're, right, just kind of goofing off and they're kind of just having fun, not having fun. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever having that much fun in the movie, but they're joking around. They're being very, com there's a lot of camaraderie, depictions of camaraderie, which I think feels out of place in a film that's about the system more than about people. And I think especially in the scene where he reads the letter to Cat is his name, is the sergeant's name, right? Uh, there is a person in the story named Cat. <laughs> okay, when he reads Cat's letter for him and it's about like his wife and it talks about his, you know, his dead child, that I think those are scenes that are trying to achieve an emotional resonance that it can't because the movie is not about these people. It's about how these people are being chewed up by the people on top to who don't care, who don't care if they die because they're obsessed with, right, winning this war, with saving face, with all of this stuff. And they're incapable of seeing the damage that it's doing to the German people that they're sending to die unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. But I, I think scenes like that kind of fall apart for me because it feels like such a, a weak attempt to make me care about the characters when the movie, I think, would be better served by being only focused on depicting the war machine and how it's, right, killing people. Yeah. I mean, I think that basically what we're saying, what we're taking a long time to say, is that the characters are very underdeveloped. Yes. Um, honestly, I think that Daniel Bruhl's character probably has at least as much development, if not more, than Paul's. And I think that he, he has a really good performance, and I found him to be a very sympathetic, compelling character. But... Yeah, the moments with Paul that were trying to elicit emotion just fell flat because I didn't have enough of a sense of who he was as a person compared to the, the original story. And I think that, I think, like I said last night when we were talking about this, the one of the things in this movie that really sums up how I think it's more contrived than the original is the way that Paul dies because he dies in every iteration of this story 
But in the book and in the original movie, he dies, like, completely randomly. Uh, just in an innocuous, like, it doesn't say exactly how he died in the book. Uh, I think he might have, it's implied that he got killed in an artillery strike. That he was just in the in the wrong place in the wrong time. And then in the movie, he gets killed because he's not paying attention to what he's doing. And he looks over a trench to try to, like, catch a butterfly. And a French soldier shoots him. Whereas in this movie, he dies literally seconds before the war ends. He gets stabbed. And then seconds later, they blow the whistle and the war ends. And so he dies as everyone's sort of wrapping up and going home which is so much more unlikely, you know? It's so much more, it's, it's like, it's like the movie saying that God hates this kid and just really wants him to suffer and has created this very contrived sequence of events for him to be under the command of some jerk face who doesn't, who wants to get a little bit more, a little bit more land before, before the armistice goes into effect, and then he just happens to fall into a, a little bunker with a guy with a bayonet behind him, and he gets stabbed right as it's wrapping up. Whereas it's much more, it's much more appropriate in the original story for him to die just randomly because that's more towards what the story is trying to say about. World War One specifically, that it's it's completely pointless. And, you know, the, the book was really pushing back against these depictions of war as uh, an opportunity for glory and honor and for men to prove themselves. But the way that Paul dies, there's nothing glorious about it. It's just stupid. Like, he just, it's completely random. And then it's utterly... It has no impact. Like the last line of the book is the report for the day was all quiet on the Western Front, which I think was in the movie as well yes. or something. And, and the point is that thousands of people are dying and it doesn't amount to any kind of real news. But here it's just so much more, you know, instead of being like really tragic, I was more like, oh, that's dumb. Like, how, how did that even happen? It's so, it, yeah, it's just more try-hard. Well, it's significantly more melodramatic, because I think the way he dies in both versions serves to show, like, oh, this was so pointless, right? He died for nothing. But it's just so over-the-top, right? That, like you said, he dies moments before the bells are rang and armistice is declared, that it's it's so obvious... Like, it, it's like Babe Ruth calling his shot before he hits a home run. It's maybe impressive, the level in which they go to to try and make me, right, think, oh, wow, that was so pointless. But at the same time, it's not, I don't think it serves its purpose because I'm more carried up in, wow, that was, that was a lot. Like, that was maybe a bit much. Whereas with the original, I was like, yeah, it's just innocuous and it happens well it's more elaborate in this movie that he yes. gets he gets stabbed and then you know he's got this pained expression on his face and he kind of limps out into the into the sun and is like staring around and it takes him minutes to 
it takes him minutes of screen time to bleed out. Whereas in the original movie, it's so much more blunt and shocking. Well, I mean, not necessarily shocking because you don't even see him get shot. You just see him, his hand go limp. But yeah, there's none of that. It's, it's more realistic, right? There's none of that very, very theatrical. Oh, oh, I've been wounded. Uh, Oh, come closer, uh, brother. And let me, let me tell you my last words. Uh, you know, that's just not, that's just not the way it usually would happen. And so it's, yeah, it's more movie-y than it is, than it was in the book or the original movie. (laughs) Yeah. So just to pit it, I don't, I've, we've gotten hung up on this for quite a while. Let's talk about maybe some of the things that we liked about this movie, maybe some positives. I thought all of the performances were very good like you already said the the, uh technical elements the cinematography is fantastic the lighting is amazing i think they do a really great job of it's a very naturalistic and gritty sort of way of not just the camera work but just in general the i mean the guys are they're drooling constantly i felt like like the actors are constantly have spittle or something well, they're under a lot of stress. Coming out of their mouth, and there's mud everywhere, and it's very... I, I think it's a far cry... Not to say that Saving Private Ryan is not very gritty, but this is another level of grittiness, I think, compared to Saving Private Ryan, that everyone's constantly dirty. There's, I think he gets mud on his face like 17 times in the movie. and But I, I think it's very good all of those elements are very good and serve to embellish its ideas of the of war being not necessarily something all that cool or honorable that it's a very messy thing and i agree with you the scene that battle scene with the tanks and the flamethrowers really does feel like a horror movie that the tanks come out of the darkness and it's pretty obvious they don't really know how to deal with i mean they start shooting at tanks which is obviously not going to do anything and the tank rolling over them and then the flamethrower guys coming through it's a pretty horrifying sequence and then he ends up in the uh the crater and he kills the guy and then he feels bad about it but it which again not to get hung up which again failed like because the movie is more about the system as opposed to paul paul feeling bad about killing this guy has less impact because it's not really what the movie is concerned about so him right coming to the realization like i don't know if i really want to be killing people who seem like just everyday people it it has less of an impact compared to the same sequence in the original i also wanted to ask you about the sequences where they steal eggs and they they steal a duck from the french people Mm -hmm. I really did not understand. I mean, they learn that armistice has been declared or that armistice is coming. And then they go and they steal the eggs. And as soon as they go to steal the eggs, I was like, okay, well, Kat's going to die here because I knew Paul dies at the end. So I was like, this is how Kat dies. But I was like, this doesn't serve to... Like, if the movie is about the German war machine, right, crunching out people... This is just them dying because they're stupid. Like, why are they going to steal? 
maybe if they had shown that they had always been stealing, like they'd have a whole thing. But I, I just felt like it really did not serve any function in the film other than killing Cat in, right, a melodramatic way. Especially given how long it takes that it's not like they go to steal it and he gets shot as they're running away. Like they run away and then he goes into the trees to go to the bathroom and then he gets shot by the kid that it's just such a huge, again, like the way Paul died, it's just so movie that it's very clear to me that I'm like, this is so convoluted when you could just, you know, kill him in a simpler way. I thought we were talking about the technical elements and the stuff. We were, we but then I, I looked at my notepad and I had that scene. And so I just wanted your thoughts on that scene. Well, yeah, I don't, I didn't really think that much about it. I, I thought it was, it was stupid. Yeah. I, I don't know why they didn't, they weren't looking elsewhere for other people to steal from. I'm not sure why they didn't take their guns. I, I don't know what the point of that is. Well, that would have been even if they shot the kid, that would have been awful. That would have been pretty bad. I mean, it's bad enough to steal from steal from the citizens that you're occupying. Uh, poor French peasants. Yeah, I I don't know what to tell you. It's just weird. Alright, well then what did what did you think of technical elements and the performances? And yeah, technical elements were really good. I don't have anything to add to what you've talked about vis-a-vis the cinematography, lighting, um, and the battle scenes. I guess their performances are definitely good. Everyone's doing the best that they can, probably. (laughs) You don't know what the upper limits of these people's acting abilities is. That's true. (laughs) Nobody really stood out to me uh, as being like, oh yeah, that's such a dynamic... Uh, engaging performance. I think that Daniel Bruhl probably was my favorite of the bunch, but he's also probably the most well-known to me. Um, We did watch... Well, I guess I don't know if you watched... I watched it uh, in the original German with subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It so, starts it in, dubbed, and I very as soon as people started talking in English, I was like, no, we're not doing that. We're not dubbing this. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like sometimes it's a bit harder for me to evaluate performances in other languages because a lot of, obviously a lot of acting is verbal. It's auditory yeah. these days. And so it's hard to know if the emphasis placed on this word versus that word makes sense in the context of what's being said. But emoting was all, all seemed pretty good. Yeah, I I really did not like the music very much. There were a lot of long sequences of people walking and talking. Uh, They were usually walking through fairly visually interesting places, like they were walking through a forest, or they were looking for the division that got lost in like the train yard or something, and they find them having been gassed, Uh, which is all of these sequences... They would work so much better in a movie that I liked more. In a movie that I was more on board with. Yeah. But like we keep on coming back to you, even as we desperately try to not constantly dunk on this movie, uh, because the hook just isn't there, it was it 
it all just fell a little bit flat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much more we could really set. I feel like we've <laughs> bashed this movie. I didn't hate this movie. I enjoyed it a decent amount. I think it was just really towards the end with the egg stealing sequence and then Paul dying in such a ridiculous, not, yeah, ridiculous sort of way was when the movie really lost me for the last time. But yeah, I don't know how much more. I, I don't have anything else in my... Well, notes. I'm interested to hear what you think about the stuff with Daniel Bruhl, with the negotiations between the German and the French oh. delegations, because I thought that that was pretty well done. I think that if the movie had been more about these more geopolitical, broader stakes uh, areas, I think that there... The, that those parts form a really strong foundation for that kind of movie. Um, because I thought that Daniel Bruhl's character, you know, he was more understated. Yeah. It wasn't, it was less contrived in the ways that it tried to make you feel for him. And the same thing was true of his companions and of the French. You know, his companions who were like, this looks bad for us. Uh, we need to get more concessions out of the French to save face. And the French knew that they had the Germans, essentially, they had them by the throat and they weren't going to let go. So that was a lot more compelling. It was a lot easier to feel things in those sequences because it felt, it made more sense yeah. where everyone was coming from. But in the context of the movie as it exists, I do think that... Yeah, it feels a little, it feels much more ancillary. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think? I agree. I honestly would have loved just a whole movie of the Germans because I think there's so much more going on there. Emotionally for me, especially with the Nalt, right? The, we know that the way Germany got screwed after World War One created an environment where Hitler was able to do what Hitler did in World War II, at least somewhat, from my understanding. You're the history guy, so feel free to correct me. But from my understanding, it created an environment where Germany was right, very disillusioned with everyone else in Europe because they had just gotten screwed. And so the fact that you can see right these Germans being like, well, we, we really need to get something better, and they aren't able to, and... Right. Daniel Bruhl's character is in a place where he knows every moment they wait is resulting in more death. But at the same time, he wants something better because he knows if it's really bad, it's going to go badly. I agree. I thought those sequences were really amazing. But then, like you said, they're uh, tangential to really what the movie is trying to do. They're sort and of so bolted on to a completely different movie. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I would have loved just a whole movie of Daniel Bruhl. Negotiating. Negotiating. Yeah. Because I agree. It was very under... Like, it wasn't trying super hard to make me weep openly or something. Mm -hmm. Which I appreciated. Because I don't, I don't like crying. So don't try and make me cry. You've got to sneak up on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's do ratings then. Let's... Uh, Getting the ratings. I'll I'll go first because I feel like you talked forever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we bashed. I, 
a lot of times with movies that kind of fall in the middle of ratings, I end up talking more about the negative qualities because the positive qualities, I'm like, everyone can see this. And especially with this movie, I think is going to experience a lot of success. It already, it was nominated for the Golden Globes for Best Foreign Film. I think, I think it's very likely to get an Oscar for Best Foreign Film, if not also maybe some of those technical categories, which I'd be fine with. But I, I feel like uh, since the conversation is centered so much around praise of the movie, I end up dunking on it more than maybe I'd like to. But yeah, I think the movie is very well made, but it's let down by its own story. I think it's like a 6.2, 6.3 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I mean, it's always easier to talk about things that you don't like as opposed to things that you like, because I, I feel like more goes into what the reasoning behind things you don't like than things you do like. But I I definitely, I definitely did not hate this movie. I'm probably never going to watch it again, but I don't regret watching it the way I regret watching, say, you know, Once Upon a Time in America. But yeah, I, I'm going to give it a C plus. Hmm. You said B minus last night. I know, you, I did, but I, it went down. I mean, when I first watched it, I was at like a B plus. So really, yeah. Since then, yeah, I've had a lot. It's had a lot more time to percolate in mm. my mind, and uh, the the process has not been favorable. Not to been it. kind to it. Yeah, because I, I remember when you first watched it, and you said you seemed fairly. You seemed like you liked it quite a bit, and then you were just like, "Yeah, there's some stuff that I think is weird," and yeah, clearly you've really gotten hung up on that well enough about movies we don't like then yeah. let's talk about some movies we do like what are our recommendations for this film you you can go first elliot uh my recommendation is full metal jacket which is a stanley kubrick movie it's probably my favorite of his yeah um uh it's a vietnam movie uh it's sort of a movie of two halves one half is about this group of privates training to become Marines. It like sets up the ways in which the military industrial complex reduces individuality and just churns out killing machines who, you know, unquestioningly follow orders and stuff. Um, and it's really good. Uh, the guy who plays the drill sergeant, R. Lee Ermey, he's fantastic. Uh, Although there are times where I'm like, oh man, I don't think anyone would actually act like this. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, or D'Onofrio, I can never remember. He does a great job. Matthew Modine, same story. And then the second half is sort of like putting all of that set up into, into action. Like showing the ways this training manifests itself. So I think it's a really good anti-war movie. I think it's making a more kind of a more cogent, coherent argument than this rendition of All Quiet. And I also think, excuse me, I also think it's more emotionally affecting. Um, and of course, it's got Kubrick's trademark directing, practical special effects. All of his, all of his skill is on full display in this movie. And so I think that, I think that if you're looking for a more thoughtful kind of anti-war movie that still has scenes of tension. The bat, quote unquote, battle scenes in Full Metal Jacket 
are not nearly as spectacular or impressive as the ones of the First World War, obviously, because the First World War was a very different conflict. But I still think it'll get the job done, especially in the context of it more being an anti-war movie than it is a war movie. Yeah, I agree. I love Full Metal Jacket. I love Kubrick, too. So anytime people are forced to watch Kubrick, it's good. My recommendation is a movie I know you haven't seen. I actually don't know if I've talked to you about this movie, but my recommendation is Land of Mine, which is, I want to say it's a Dutch movie. Came out 2016, reasonably recently. And it's about a group of German cadets who are forced to, by the Dutch government, go over, I want to say it's Dutch, I, I might be wrong about this, and they're forced to go over these beaches and demine them so that people can go over them. And it's a really fantastic movie because it's about a story that I had never heard of before of these Germans forced to demine beaches. And it's significantly better at grounding I think the characters that it's about this group of very young, they're like 18, 19 year old Germans who I don't, the implication in the film is that they didn't even see action, that they were drafted so late into the war. They were pretty much instantly captured and then forced by the government to go and demine these beaches with very little, right. They're given very little experience, very little training on how to, deal with these mines so you can imagine that it goes about as well as you could expect. But it's a really fantastic movie about a really interesting sort of story. And I think it manages to be an anti-war movie or at least an anti, uh, the kind of hateful sentiment that war can generate. And yeah, it's really fantastic. I don't ever hear anyone talk about it, so. I think it's a movie well worth a watch if you're looking for another war movie that's maybe from a different angle, but still about uh, younger German people. <laughs> There's the unifying thread. <laughs> There's the unifying thread. You have talked about that movie before. It sounds really interesting, but I have not seen it. I think you'd enjoy it. I, I really thought it was very interesting and very good. Well, for now, it's time to wrap up. It's time to reflect upon the fact that life is hard and full of disappointments, yeah, right. as we know. Uh, and it's time to look forward towards the future. Christmas is not far off. Yep. Uh, we're planning on reviewing a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I think we're going to do our... Uh, we're going to look back on the year that was and look forward to the year that will be. After that, we're going to do another movie, and then we're going to look back. <laughs> After that, we're going to look back on the year that was and look forward to the year that will be yep. in movies. Yep. And uh, I think we're going to Avatar 2 today, so maybe <laughs> we're really excited about it. Maybe we'll uh, bring you our thoughts on Avatar 2, but probably probably not. So. Well, we might mention it. We say like, oh yeah, we saw Avatar 2. Anyway, today's subject is... Today's... I also want to say, if you keep in our closing doing It's Time To, It's Time To, the odds of me not singing the Muppet theme song is very low. If you keep it's doing time it. to start the movies. It's, it's time, time to, to light the lights. 
It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, Oh no! That's Dude. a great song though. It's so catchy. Disney, please don't copy. Yeah, we right? like the song. We like the song. Don't kill us. <laughs> Disney's more litigious than Nintendo is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Nobody well. quote Mario. So, okay, we'll get we'll get actual hitmen sent after us. Yeah, we're not when the Mario movie comes out. We're not reviewing. We're not it. even we're, we're not, we're not touching talk it. about it. We shouldn't even be saying the the M word. Yeah, quite frankly, I'm gonna censor all of these. <laughs> yeah, don't when talk about. Bleep, 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 bleep. All right. Okay. That's enough silly. But yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. Sorry for the lateness of this one, or not that sorry. <laughs>